Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are on a path of feminine and masculine reunification. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. We infuse the sacred with logic, soul with spirit. We heal, embody, and activate a new feminine leadership. Listen, learn more, and work with me at sarahpoet.com. Now, let's begin. Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. I'm Sarah Poet. Thanks so much for being here. Oh my gosh, season three is blowing me away. Season three is so strong. Have you all been listening? We had Nicola D'Alonzo talking about King Consciousness and being in service to the King. We had Lauren Kren on to talk about the feminine Oracle, such a strong episode. Um, last week was Sarah Benoit telling this story of sacred remembrance and resurrection of unity consciousness in her own life that is still blowing me away. And then this week we have Sarah Thomas here to talk about inner alchemy. And I am still learning things from this episode. Absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and read Sarah Thomas's bio. Sarah Thomas is a licensed acupuncturist um, and an inspired non-binary healer and educator who owns Clarity Acupuncture in Asheville, North Carolina, and is the lead instructor and founder of the Upper Clarity School of Stone Medicine. Sarah is actually a crystal And like most crystals, she embodies a gender-fluid identity and is actually more of a they. After performing over 10,000 stone and acupuncture hybrid treatments at their Asheville clinic, the stones guided Sarah beyond the body and onto the earth itself. A deep remembrance occurred on the meridians of the earth the conscious grids between landforms and beyond into the physical resurrection of the next golden age. Their current work lies in practice with stones, crystals, ceremony, and ancient knowledge to employ the network of earth and celestial energy lines, retrieve and update incoming vibrational information, and feed, awaken, and grid the power spots on the land. Sarah teaches yearly at Earth Medicine Conferences across the U.S. and certifies stonalists across the world in thriving online certification programs rooted in the ancient Taoist tradition. Sarah's own Tao is to resurrect the vast knowledge and uncharted potentials of healing and awakening with stones. Sarah can be found at www.upperclarity.com and their secret name, which you're going to get 
a once in a lifetime opportunity here to hear um, the story behind their secret name is Star Wolf. I'm going to personally recommend that you go to upperclarity.com. Sarah runs a vlog and there's so much about their work with the stones and the grids. Um, also just fabulous, um, teachings. Um, I can learn from Sarah all day, uh, and, and never tire of it. So please go over to upperclarity.com and check Sarah out. And thanks for listening to this episode. Okay, y'all, there are actually a couple of things on my heart before I play for you this incredible interview with this incredible human. And I just want to riff here. I just want to riff and share authentically, vulnerably, what is going on for me as I come into pressing publish on this podcast. So, and you can even hear, I have to clear my throat. Thank you, throat chakra. Uh, wanting to make sure I feel confident. So I'm going to take a breath. So I can imagine that telling a story of trans or non binary identity is a very vulnerable thing in our current world and landscape to do. And so that Sarah Thomas would come onto my podcast and tell their story is an absolute honor to me, an absolute freaking honor. First of all, this human, Sarah Thomas, is just (laughs) such a, uh, like the words fall short because I honor this human so much. Um, for all of the the wisdom and pure generosity um, that they bring forth, as I know them to be. And so I'm deeply honored. And I just want to say that it's really important to me that we have more of these conversations and that I model that I don't know that I got it all right in this episode. I don't know that I got it all right. And, and it's this space where I'm willing to talk about this and push publish, of course, anyway, because I think that this is the exact place that we are with this conversation. So I don't mean to make just my experience collective, but we do talk about this in the episode. It's like, how do we have these kinds of conversations? How do we say, um, hey, what is your pronoun? Hey, what do you prefer I say? Like, help me learn the language, you know? Help me learn your story. Because that's what we have. We have stories. And I created this podcast out of my story. The very first episode um, that I did in 2019 was about my story as a woman identified person and what my path was like as a woman. And so I know that there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast because you resonate with that archetype of, you know, modern woman who took on a you know, hyper-masculine, and we worked and worked and worked, and then we depleted. And, you know, we talk about that a lot in this space. And there is a different 
story. And there is an evolving world. There is an evolving consciousness around gender and what gender means. And I think that we need to look to people like Sarah Thomas to to help guide us into what that world is. When I re-listened to this episode, I heard how many times I said woman and trauma. I heard that. And so that's me still identifying with a gender binary and the pain of the gender binary as I have experienced it, right? And so there is so much pain um, and trauma associated with what we have constructed socially man and woman to mean. And so much of what we talk about on this podcast is, I mean, we're alluding to those constructs. And so here we're, we're going to talk about that a bit. And then we're going to talk about <laughs> life beyond that life beyond that. And it is in my heart to say that I think that this is probably where we're moving collectively. Um, You know, heck, (laughs) I'm like on the fringe of the collective at this point, so I'm not sure what the whole collective is doing. But, you know, as we awaken um, to what's beyond this inner alchemy that we're talking about today that's way beyond gender identification, but this gorgeous inner alchemy of feminine and masculine that Sarah has been living and traversing and experiencing and investigating their whole life. Um, this, this path of inner alchemy is really inspiring. And I do believe that it does have to do with our ascension process and um, that that inner union and knowing this inner union will actually be one of the things that helps to significantly heal uh, what it has been painful about gender on the planet. That's what I'll say, I believe. So... Yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. I would love to hear support for Sarah sharing a story that potentially may have been vulnerable to share. I want to specifically thank Sarah for being here and using your voice in this way. It's a deep, deep honor to um, have been given this interview for the audience and the world to hear. Um, And yeah, let's keep having these conversations. Let's keep investigating, you know, what the use of language, certain language, um, how that feels to different people and like what people need around that. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't using, um, the, the pronoun identifiers, like she, her, hers, um, I wasn't using that. And I learned that the reason that those are, you know, in email signatures and things like that are because it helps to normalize that people can have different pronouns and different identifications. So I felt real comfortable not saying she or her or hers because, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't need to say that. I'm 
I identify as a woman, right? But the reason that we do that is actually allyship and creating safety for all. And so, you know, let's continue to learn. I learn by by admitting what I don't know, and then also looking uh, for the information. So yeah, thanks for listening. I'll also share that and because I love to share a soul story, so I'll do this quickly. Um, you know, in this in this conversation, there's so much about inner alchemy that Sarah was referring to that I definitely relate to and that I um <laughs> like experience and and walk. And I think, you know, one of my reflections from this conversation again was, okay, well, how much of my inner alchemy journey has really been impacted by gender identification and the, hmm, it almost like, I think Sarah uses a phrase in here, like a fight, like trying to elbow one out. And that's almost how my inner alchemy journey has felt like, um, like it's been healing as the collective has been healing with gender, if that makes sense. And so, you know, I was like cleaning up, you know, the, the way my inner feminine was wounded and the way my inner masculine was wounded. And this conversation really inspired me to look at more often how these two inside of me lift one another up and how we, you know, can, can really just enjoy the dance a little bit more. I I have a tendency to make it, um, you know, hard work. The self-improvement stuff is like hard work, but this conversation really inspired me to be like, wait, how are they in this gorgeous expression lifting one another up? And how does that inner expression of the inner alchemy of feminine and masculine, um, you know, how can I live that in a way where I want to uplift? that into the world, right? Because we live these things and then, um, the alchemy goes outward. Um, so (laughs) the, the, um, the word two spirit was really resonating and I was like looking at, you know, YouTube videos and, and, um, just listening and learning. And, and I was like, I experienced this. Um, and, and it was like this, hmm, and then I was in a session um, doing some ancestral work, and the reader said, uh, Sarah, does the concept of being a two-spirit resonate with you? And I chuckled, and I said, yeah, it really does. Um, and so, yeah, I'm kind of new to that um, language or that invitation to even see myself this way, being someone who um, looks and looks at and lives um, the inner feminine and masculine union um, and the path to that. And so all this to say, you know, I am still learning. (laughs) I got so much out of this episode and even, you know, massive discoveries about myself. I know you all will as well. And let's just keep learning from each other. Okay. I'll stop talking there. And here is the interview. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Hey, Sarah. How are you? 
I'm doing well. I'm really excited for this conversation today. Thank you for being here. Um, We often talk on the Sacred Remembering podcast about, well, first of all, owning our soul story, owning this path that's our path. Um, And I love to interview people about that. Um, And then we also talk a lot about masculine and feminine polarity and coming into union. And I've had various teachers on here talking about the way they teach that and I've talked about it too. And so I'm really excited to have you here today to share your personal story and uh, some of your work and some of your magic with us around this inner alchemy um, as you've lived it. Well, thank you so much for creating the space to talk about this, Sarah. I'm genuinely thankful. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I put this uh, post on Facebook that said, hey, who would you like to hear talk about feminine and masculine? And your partner, Caroline, who I've interviewed on the podcast said, oh my gosh, you have to talk to Sarah because no one understands masculine and feminine more than, than she does. So actually, what is your pronoun? So I, I, am, I am very much a they. And I also go by she, Sarah, because the the external world really sees me as a she. And of course, I get that a lot. And deeply at the heart of it, I am a they. Thank you. So they're both okay. They're both okay. Okay. All right. Thanks. So yeah, yeah, introduce yourself to us. You are a stone medicine woman and an acupuncturist and so much more, uh, or stone medicine human. See, I'm going to have to correct myself today. Like so many times, you're just going to educate the hell out of me today. That is, that's why we're here. It's so, that's it's so why great. we're here. Uh, yeah. So please introduce yourself. Well, that was just a lovely first way to start because, you know, when you say stone medicine woman, I am like my, my, my being is genuinely looking over my shoulder behind me for like, who is Sarah talking to? Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's how I've been my whole life. And so it's like, when people say woman, I am, that is so authentic for me that I'm, I'm like, I honestly think they're talking to someone behind me. I'm like, who else is in the room? So isn't that funny? It just, it doesn't feel like the right word for me and neither does, you know, priestess or creatrix or, you know, any of those words, I'm always looking for who the person's talking about. Mm. Um, So it's cool that you started that way because it just opens up, it just opens up so deeply into just the genuine inside me is like, is, is, it's just something beyond that word. Yeah. And, you know, I think if there was any, um, like fear or anything wacky about me coming into this conversation today. It was like, Oh, I, I hope I don't say the wrong thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I just open up that way. And so I'm like, well, how lovely that we just model maybe how to have a conversation um, when we're, when we're just asking questions and learning from each other. So thank Absolutely. you. Yeah. And, and I'm I sorry. Will, <laughs> I can only speak for myself to say that I am, I truly just never, I'm offended at what people say, like at all. So mm-hmm. it's, I'm just, I totally understand that, you know, I just totally understand that we don't all know the words to say. And I, you know, I was like, I was standing with my, my, actually my brother, kind of like my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law and my, um my partner was saying to them that this other person was, 
was a non-binary and that their pronouns were they. And right in that moment, I saw my sister-in-law just get really curious in that moment, her eyes just opened and she got curious. She's like, Oh, that's interesting because isn't they kind of like two people and her field just opened in curiosity. Hmm. And I saw the, the husband just immediately shut down. He just, he shut down. He said, that's so complicated and rolled his eyes and walked away. Hmm. And just to see, to see how people just, just to see how people deal with that moment, I feel like tells so much about them and where they are. And I, I honestly, I have no judgment of the, the people that, that do shut down or roll their eyes or walk away because there's just not, you know, it's just not, they're just not, I don't even want to say the word ready for it, but there's just something going on where there's not an ability to open to that in that moment. But um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we've really been enculturated into this gender binary this mm-hmm. male, female, and then, you know, the cultural meetings around that. And yeah. there's a lot of, um, I would say, enlightenment or change going on on the planet where we're realizing that that binary and and what gender has been defined as are old, antiquated, not serving, uh, full of trauma, and so, um, you know, I, I suspect that there's all sorts of leadership and alchemy and, um, you know, magic and, and leadership in the um, ascension sense that's happening um, when we're starting to talk about the non-binary and non um, gender conforming and, yeah, like way showers. Um, in some regard. And so not everyone is aware of that. Like not everyone is aware of, of the waking up in any sense. Um, and so, yeah. 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 I am. The way that I'm like hearing what you're saying, it just reminds me of a a story. Do you mind if I tell you a small story about. um, We love stories. This moment. (laughs) We love it. (laughs) Yeah. That's so great because like, what you just said, it sounds, you know, like leadership and alchemy, and it sounds like it's going to be complicated and that we're going to have to find real guidance and, and, and have this ascension process. And it's true, but it's all really so simple because it really just comes down to our stories. I mean, it's just the story of my life is where it all comes from. Like my little life and someone over here's little life. And it's just, all of that alchemy and wisdom and transformation is just right inside our little stories. And yeah. one time I was, I was, um, you know, being, being a non-binary person and, and a two spirit, I feel like I'm a two spirit and we can talk about that in a moment too, if you want, but mm-hmm. it's, um, it's such a deep journey inside of, of, really like, who am I? What is going on inside me? It's just, and I'm a very self, I'm, I'm like, I love self-knowledge. I, I, since I was a tiny kid, I, I think about myself and um, dive deep. And still, you know, as an adult, I'm still in the mystery and in the question of who I really am. And I, I was down in Peru one time and I was, I was walking on the border of Lake Titicaca 
and we were about to have some some ceremony time on the lake. And as I was walking along this lake, which is the heart of the feminine, it's like this the feminine heart center of our entire world. And you can just absolutely feel it down there. That lake is so profound. Mm. Um, and I was walking along and I just, it just hit me like a lightning bolt that I just realized that my mind would never understand who I was. My mind, because my mind is always, that's the, the definition of the self or the mind is that it has to be binary. It's black or white. It's this or that. That is, I mean, that is the root of the the self and the mind that we all carry. And in that moment that I realized I would never understand it, all of this energy just hit my heart like a lightning bolt. And I realized that my heart, it was like, my heart has understood this forever. My heart, it's like, it's so simple to my heart. And it's because, you know, it's our hearts that are, it's the the heart that's able to be both and. And I think that's what you're speaking to too. This whole thing just brings us to our hearts. Yeah, I love what you just said. So, so the, the ego self really wants the identification, the, Mm -hmm. and that's going to polarize what's going to be on the binary. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, will you tell us a little bit more about your story? Thanks for sharing that one. I didn't know that about that lake. So that's exciting to to know that that's an epicenter of feminine energy. <laughs> um, but I would love to hear more about your personal story to the extent that you want to share. And um, maybe some of this intertwined walk of examining feminine and masculine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... So currently I'm a, I'm a teacher and kind of like a philosopher and an educator. And I teach people about earth medicine and particularly about stone medicine. And um, it's in, I'm, I'm kind of a rogue teacher. I don't, I'm not part of like a university, but I have my whole own like kind of magic world. And so normally if I'm on a podcast, I'm talking about stones and crystals and earth medicine and consciousness and awakening And in this moment, I get to tell a little bit about myself, which is, I just haven't done this in a while. And Mm. I will say that, um, you know, when I was six years old, I knew that I was sexually attracted to women, um, which is a really young age to know that. And I mean, what six-year-old chooses that? It's just, it's just not like that. It's just, it was just there. So at six years old, I knew that. And then I, around seven years old, I started to become very um, masculine and I, I like begged my mom for a, a spike haircut. I like begged her that I could get my <laughs> hair cut short like the boys and I was so proud of my spike haircut and I played all the sports and I remember having a big problem inside about earrings because I wanted to wear earrings, but I could not tell if they were making me look feminine or masculine. And I really wanted to look masculine. And I remember wearing these little dice earrings, like little throwing dice, like playing dice. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, these are going to make me look masculine, (laughs) these dice earrings. And we were walking into like Burlington Coat Factory one day and I had my spike haircut. I had my soccer like shin guards on. I had my dice earrings and the the guy that opened the door for us was like, Hey little girl, how are you? And I was just like, damn it. I can't <laughs> get like, they, they still know I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. So I was always working really hard to like, to, to kind of embody 
the masculine that I was seeing in all the little boys around me. And um, I, I grew up and, and through high school, I pretty much repressed a lot of that, although I was a tomboy, but I still repressed, I repressed the fact that I was gay and I didn't really get to experience that until I was, you know, like 20 or 21. I didn't come out to my parents till I was 23. And um, mm. what started happening after that is, you know, at that time, there wasn't a lot of language about any, about non-binary or queer or um, being a they or a two-spirit. There just wasn't. So I just, I kind of just thought I was like a lesbian, but I really wasn't a lesbian um, because what started to happen inside me was I started to just realize that I had like a non-binary gender identity. Um, it's like there's two consciousnesses inside of one body. Um, there's a masculine consciousness inside me and there's a feminine consciousness inside me. And the mind has wanted to like always elbow one of them out, like at least, mm. at least elbow one of them out, you know, like it has to be one or the other, but it never is right for me. That's just never is right for me. Like in my heart, it's like, they both have to stay. And um, it's the funny thing too, is that every time I, you know, every time I do something that feeds and nourishes my masculine consciousness, my feminine consciousness grows so much. It's amazing. It's like watering one just waters them both so strongly. So it's not like if I water one, the other one gets smaller or pushed out. It's like, it's like they both just keep growing inside me. Mm. And that, for me, that's kind of the experience of being non-binary or a they or a two-spirit. Like, they're just both going to be here. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that. And then that last piece about, like, one doesn't have to win. Because I think in the external gender binary and in patriarchy, there is so much of that, like, well, who's got the upper hand? Mm -hmm. Um, And then that can reflect inside of us as well. I think a lot of the listeners on of this podcast at this point, although I don't know everyone that's listening, um, is understanding that we have both feminine and masculine inside of us. And then we get to like play with these aspects of ourselves and we get to learn from these divine aspects of ourselves. Um, so... <sighs> I guess there's a question that's still formulating like how how do you see your experience um as different from what I just described or like mm-hmm. maybe you're getting the essence of the question and it's not totally formulating with me like how is a two spirit um experience different than maybe and like we can just talk about our experiences than my uh, experience as a woman remembering these sacred aspects of masculine and then like recovering them and and like learning to trust them and you know so that's the approach that I take in my teaching a lot with women who are remembering and like recovering from this almost traumatized like patriarchal familiar um false masculine Mm -hmm. um and then like remembering and and like onboarding (laughs) the the sacred masculine but like how did you know and recognize those 
um, sacred aspects in yourself all along. What was that like? Um, that, that inner dance and like learning to honor that inner dance? Well, I think the answer to your question would have a different answer for each person that we quote unquote compared me to. Um, It's such a good question because women are, women are very much, I think asking the same question, like how does my masculine essence, um, appear inside me. And I think, I don't know how it's different for everybody, but I do, I know that. So a lot of this comes in for me and I'm kind of like a Merlin character and I have a lot of, um, you know, what we call Wu in Chinese medicine, like the, the, the deep, the deep work that I do in other realms and other spaces. Um, and so what I mean by that is that, you know, when I have a past life experience, um, I am like so fully embodied as a man. And some of those like can, can absolutely, you know, all out feel that. And then what happens for me too, is that I, I'm processing a lot of the masculine collective consciousness mm-hmm. in my field. Um, dream space too. There's so much that happens for me in dream space. And so this is getting really interesting because, because how deep that it takes us, but so much happens for me in dream space about my, my masculine essence. And then also in deep meditative space, I am shown things and see things and have, you know, masculine guides come to me and speak to my masculine part. I mean, it's like, there's a, it's like, there's a, there's a man in there. Mm -hmm. So, and I I think that might be different for, I think a lot of women may not be feeling that to the extent that I am. Mm -hmm. It's a great question though. I'd love to hear what your listeners say about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, thank you for going to these places with me as I sit here in my own curiosity, you know, I'm seeing it through like through the lens of my own story and identifying as a woman and then like experiencing the trauma related to like man, masculine, this religious patriarchal God, you know, like there's, there's all of this recovery, but then beyond the recovery, it's really glorious. And I feel so much of, um, well, I don't know if it, I can't, like you said, we all have our internal experiences and they can't really be compared, but then, yeah, like my inner masculines being, you know, talked to by God, or like you're saying in the dream space, I don't, I don't really remember my dreams so much. And often in my dreams, like I'm still a woman that's healing with the masculine and with the collective, like as the external binary, but then sometimes I'm traveling to like the Christo Sophia in the dream space. And I'm like, okay, what's the download? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so like yeah. So yeah, feel free to go to like any space that, um, that, that you travel in or exist in or play in or work in, um, in the course of our conversation, okay. um, for sure. Yeah. So I want to ask your, opinion, I guess, like, what do you see going on with this idea of gender? I'm I'm going big and wide with that question. Like what's going on with gender right now in the world as we're going through what we're going through? Well, 
Um, we're overthinking it. <laughs> I will put that out there. I think that's the first thing because kind of like the story from Peru, our mind is just going to bat it back and forth forever. And it's yeah. really only our heart that understands and then the heart makes it simple. Um, I also see that people who have, um, you know, diversified gender experiences or have a, a gender experience that doesn't match their, their physical body. Um, they are being, um, we are being like manipulated just like any other community is being manipulated. And this goes like pretty broad to my worldview, but I don't, I don't feel like, like the actual powers that be have, you know, our best interests at heart. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think that a lot of communities get manipulated and, and we get manipulated to fight against each other. We get manipulated to overthink things. We get manipulated to fight within our own community communities. Um, and I've been watching this for a long time and, and, and everybody listening must know this. I mean, um, but I think that this, this, all these talks about gender get so complicated because we're, we're actually being programmed to, fight about it to not trust ourselves um we're being programmed to you know judge each other and one of the ways that i feel like we're being programmed sarah is is to to create this this i don't even know what to call it like this meme of gender neutrality and neutrality you know, even in schools and stuff, they'll say like, this person is gender neutral, or this is a class on being gender neutral. And I actually think that that's um, not a great word because to us, you know, when something's neutral or like neutered, it's like the power is taken out of it. The vitality is taken out of it. Or if, if your car is in neutral, it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think honestly, the the way that we use words as spells and the way that those things filter down into our communities and our language. And especially this one is not helpful because what I see as true alchemy and true creativity and true power is when whatever gender that you feel like is authentic for you, or if there's more than one inside, or if there's a spectrum, it's if you can authentically express that. And so expression is the opposite of neutrality for me. It's like, authentic expression, let those parts out, let those parts be expressed, let those parts be authentically, you know, make space for them inside yourself. And and if it's, if it's like a, a full on, like my partner, she's such a, she's such just a feminine woman. She's such a straight up, just like Shakti long hair and just like, go, you know, be that expression and just fully express it. For me, I have these two expressions and it's like, I want to fully express both of them not be neutral or neutralized. So I just, I don't like that word. Um, And I actually think that it's one of the like kind of seeds of manipulation that gets put into our community because authentic expression is, is where the power comes from. And it is also, it's the marriage of, it is the marriage of the Shiva and Shakti or the masculine and feminine or the light and dark, it is the marriage of that polarity inside us that actually creates power. And so it's a deep thing, but I think it's one of the ways that power gets taken away from us or tries to be taken away from us is to be like 
for us to be neutered in our gender or neutralized. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, yeah, I, I love what you're saying. So to fully express feminine and masculine, and would you say that's true for all people? Like, let's, let's bring in that feminine and masculine in all people and like, you know, be in the alchemy. What do you, do you think that that is for everyone? I think there's both and with this because, you know, I just think of my partner, Caroline, like she's the most, she loves being a feminine woman and she's amazing at it, you know, and that's what she's here to do and be. It's like her essence. I mean, it's as pure as hell in her. She's, she's, she doesn't want to like, be like, well, let me let me like bring up my masculine side and, um, you know, go to Home Depot and start like fixing the doors and stuff. She wants to be like dancing and full out Shakti and it's beautiful and mm-hmm. like it's authentic for her, but there's an and to it because, um, you know, I don't think everybody should go and be like, how do I balance masculine and feminine inside me in some specific way? Like that has to be the right way or something. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think that there's a both and because, you know, ultimately, ultimately inside, it's going to be that sacred union of those parts. It's just the question is, you know, how, how do we need to, it's going to be so authentically different for people, how they need those parts to express. And it doesn't mean that they have to like look some way on the outside, you know? Right. Totally. Yeah. The way of the expression, totally individualized. Yeah. What do you think about it? Do you think everybody, like everybody ultimately should be working for this um, inner marriage of sacred union inside? (laughs) I'm really weary (laughs) of the word should. Um, But what I think I would wish for everyone is that we realize that both are inside Mm -hmm. and, um, and that these are aspects of what I'll call God or creation um, that are inside of us. And I, I think, you know, the whole of, of patriarchy and everything else has, has done, has made its efforts to polarize Mm -hmm. and to separate us from the divine uh, and kind of weaken um, humans. And so to me, the walk of remembering is remembering both and coming into union with both. And I think that that's, that's an individual walk, but it, I guess I'll say relationship with both, you know, as a, as a starting point. Um, Because I do see that we're searching to know both that manifests a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. um, whether in the partners that people are picking or, you know, expressions of sexuality or so much, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think we're, we're yearning to know both. Um, and, and I would say to resurrect the gorgeous and uh, sacred expressions of both. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what I would like wish and hope for all of us, because when, you know, the tastes that I've gotten of that inner alchemical union are, are gorgeous. Like that, that to me is 
like worth every quest every day, (laughs) you know? Um, But I do, there's a word, you use the word balance. And, um, you know, I always am leery, like you're leery of using the word neutrality um, for different reasons. I think I'm, I'm leery of using the word balance because I don't think that they have to be balanced. But here, I imagine <laughs> that you um, have some things to say potentially about um, alchemy mm-hmm. and and the magic of it, because, you know, it's not like two on a scale with balance. Like there's, there's some sort of union that's happening um, in a different way. Yeah, that is... That is so profound. I'm just, I'm so grateful for this conversation that anybody would even say that to me because um, it is, that is exactly how I feel too. There, there is, there's a, I have a, a thought about the word balance too, because we, um, it is this, the alchemy really comes from like the dynamics and that's alchemy. It's change and it's dynamics and movement. And it's kind of like the two, the two parts of us just expressing and sparking off and um, playing against each other. And I'm lucky that, you know, when I, when I do something to feed my, my masculine, it just grows up my feminine and they just, they just grow each other. It's like, there are these two things just alive and so it's true. It's not, it's, it does feel like, you know, to seek to try to find some like balance on some scale is um, it feels a little bit different for me from just the words alchemy and the words like um, dynamics and movement and change and transformation. And I know that that is just, it's the root of all the power that I have in the world and the influence that I have and the contribution that I make is the the alchemy that happens inside between the two parts and that that full expression of both and allowing them both to come out and one of the things that we find in with the earth which is so cool and it just shows us is first of all every living thing has a, a balance <laughs> I just said balance but a, <laughs> right. a, a living like dynamic expression of of fat, feminine and masculine inside it. I mean, if you look outside it, any tree, any rock, anything, that's what it has. It has those two energies dancing inside of it. And there are certain elements of nature that have that going on really strong, like a really strong expression of both. And those, those elements are, are powerful. And it turns out, I mean, the coolest thing is that it turns out that and I know stones really well. I know stones a lot better than plants. I know stones and mountains and rock things. Um, but the stones are the most alchemical stones. The ones that we would use for the, like the highest shift in consciousness, the ones that we would use for the biggest um, alchemy to be able to transmute something, transform something, you know, blow something off the face of the planet or bring something in. It's like these stones, actually what makes them so alchemical, powerful, strong is that they have this extreme expression of masculine and feminine within them. Mm-hmm. One example is um, pyrite. And another example is cinnabar has this incredible alchemy inside it because it has all of these elements, mercury, and when you dive into these really powerful chemical stones, you just keep seeing, oh my gosh, that's the most incredible feminine movement. And then right over here, here's this most incredible masculine movement. And these are the most powerful stones out there. So that's alchemy. 
Yeah. Mm. Okay. I'm getting even more excited. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So I would love to hear you talk more about um, the earth and us and like our relationship to the earth. I don't know the question here, but I'm just feeling like you know more of the answer than I know of the question. Um, (laughs) So there's a relationship um, with us, with the feminine and masculine principles that's way beyond like body, you know, uh, biological gender identity, like all of those things that the mind kind of latches onto, like we could talk about feminine and masculine way, way, way beyond that. And I really believe that you probably know a lot about that. So, um, I would just love to hear anything that's coming up to share. Yes. Well, the earth, I mean, of all the alchemists that there are, um, and all the expressions of this divine sacred union inside, the earth is the master alchemist. It's the master, it's the master sacred union element. I mean, the, the power inside the earth is all about the, the play of the Shiva and Shakti energy inside it. And, um, you can you can tell that because one of the one of the ways that the earth loves to be talked to and related to and this is something that can take you into any you know any kind of land healing any kind of sacred site work any just like purifying your yard or your space just the root of it is that the earth is always going to want to talk in this Shiva Shakti language. It's always going to talk in this feminine masculine language. And one really simple way to just say that is that it's going to want to do both, right? It's going to want to do give and receive, give and receive, give and receive. So that's why it's like when we come to the earth, we want to bring something and give it, right? We want to offer, we want to feed, we want to give something. And then we also want to take a moment to listen, and receive and hear back. And that's, that's often the part we forget to, we'll go out and give or do. And then we, and we forget to take the moment to, to hear and receive back what comes through. And Mm so, you know, when I learned from my, I have a mentor from the, um, from, she's from, you know, she's rooted in the indigenous cultures of North America. And she taught me about, you know, I don't know if you know about the Kogi people up in the mountains of Colombia. No. And they, it's, um, you know, it's a group of people that had managed to stay like completely separated from the, the rest of humanity. It's a really, really high wisdom, ancient culture that, that just not so long ago kind of came down and said, Hey, we're, we're here. And it's like time for us to talk to you all and tell you a message. And they, mm-hmm. they call us their little brothers and sisters Um, even though, you know, they really understand that we're not, that their little brothers and sisters are really destroying the planet right now because we don't have, we don't have a a level of consciousness that we need to not do that. Um, and they came down and they, one of the things that they gave is this method for, for, for working with the earth. And they said, you know, your whole way back your whole way back to wholeness and consciousness is by working with the earth. And they said, here's how you do it. Like super simple. If you go out to a land space and you take in your left hand, 
um, some crystals or some flowers and, and you offer to the land with the left hand and you just sit down. And the, the first thing that you do is you offer all of these acknowledgements of what has happened to that land. So, you know, I see that you're this, I see that you've been through this. Um, I see that, you know, blood may have been spilled here. I see that people are taking your resources and, and not giving anything back. It's just, you just give all of these acknowledgements of what's happening there. Acknowledgement and presence is so healing, right? Mm. So you give all of these acknowledgements and you blow all of those acknowledgements into the crystals or the flower petals and, and you leave that offering there of all of your acknowledgements. And then with your right hand on the other side, what you do is you just bless, you bless the space. You say, and here's what I hope for you. Here's my prayer for you. Here's my blessing for you. I hope that you have a beautiful day. You know, I hope that you have people that relate to you. I hope that you have people who come. I hope that you have this. I hope that you're held in the light of the divine and and that simple thing of just acknowledging with the left hand and then blessing with the right hand is you would be amazed at how transformed a space would be if you honestly i have seen spaces completely transform doing that one time wow. because the earth it's that reciprocity you know it's those two hands it's that balance it's that giving and receiving and if you go out and do it three times, I mean, you're really getting somewhere. Mm. Um, people ask me to come out and someone just asked me, like, I'll give you $2,000 to just come out to my land and help me because I feel like there's, there's ghosts on my land, there's ancestors, like there's, there's all this activity on my land. I don't know how to handle it. And I, I said, listen, I'm not coming out to your land for $2,000. I don't have a relationship with that land, you know? Mm-hmm. here's what you do. And I like this, this man has to create this relationship with this land. And it's actually that simple, but that's how the earth opens. Wow. You know, it's relationship. And that's that very simple giving and receiving. And that was given by the Kobe people. Wow. Okay. Sarah. Whoa. <laughs> so yeah. bigger things. So big things just happened. I sat here and was tearing up and just like floored. So, um, yeah, this morning I was uh, kind of called to go back and listen to this podcast episode that I had recorded, um, 67, and it's called The Heartland. And that's my new offering that will have started by the time this episode is released. But it's about this codex uh, that that I felt and received um, living on the land in Marshall. And I think I had contacted you and mm-hmm. Caroline and I was like, there's something going on with this land. It's on a ley line or there's something. And so, um, yeah, so much that you just shared. I would sit and listen to the land and and the making contact with the people and the collectives that had had contact with the land before and these indigenous collectives and I would see primarily the women weeping for what had happened to the land and the stripping of the resources um, from the land. And part of why I was there, you know, there's so much mystery in it, but part of why I was there was like, you just described that in a way that I didn't know, but that I've been doing 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there was like a, a place to give back and there was just so much communication, um, with the space and, and that I was so sorry, but it, I've also been working with that as it translates to, and this goes back to gender, but like to women and like being stripped of resources, um, historically. Um, and so working with Heartland, um, right now it's just with women, but it's like to bring that consciousness, um, that I mean, I don't mean that like in a discriminatory way. It's just like, well, men, it's not a co-ed group right now, but mm-hmm. like, you know, anyone who really wanted to, to join, but really like bringing that reciprocity and like the unified heart, like you're talking about, like bringing the peace and the unity into the heart, because if we're still fighting like I was the victim, I was the victimizer, you were the victim, you were the victimizer. Like if we're still fighting in that polarity, then then no one's winning. And so going to the land um, in in the unified heart and working with the reciprocity. So ah, thank you for sharing the story. Yeah, thank you for doing the work that you did. It's It's like the word heart is an anagram for the word earth. You know, you just move one letter over and you, that's why you knew in your heart what to do to, you know, without having to have some wisdom elder. It's like, it was inside of you. And it's so simple. It's like, every time we work with the heart, it is so simple. That's kind of the hallmark. It's like how I know when I'm (laughs) in my heart is it's just simple. Yeah. And returning to, the love of both and, mm-hmm. you know, like the love of, okay, we get, we get these people, however they, you know, identify and like there's pain. And so we just bring, bring them into love in the heart, like bring love into the heart. And then we have the land and the land's hurting, like bring it into the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. That's, that's it, man. That's it. Yeah, I remember sitting in ceremony with you one time and and you said that like I that you knew that your life's mission was to get back to the heart. And now mm-hmm. you can correct like what the actual <laughs> quote was, but that's what I remember. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds like something I would say. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. the you know, one of the cool things about just the essence of the masculine and how I experience that is it is, you know, it is so much to me, the masculine is, is sitting down. Like this is actually the core of it is sitting down, putting my hand on my heart and going into stillness and silence. And I go into my heart and what I find in the stillness and silence of my heart is this knowing and there's a knowing it's like a knowing with a capital K it's like a divine knowing. And that knowing is um, that I can find in the stillness of my heart. It's like that knowing is like an arrow that can be shot out from my heart. And that arrow just like it soars through the sky without making a sound. 
And that's where it becomes, you know, clarity. And that's where it becomes like the most effortless forward action and movement. And that's where you get, I think, all of the guidance that the divine masculine brings into our heart. It's like that clarity of that arrow, but it all comes from the stillness and the knowing in our hearts. And, and, you know, eventually like we're human, so we're not divine masculine and the divine masculine to me is what makes it divine is that it does not judge. It doesn't, it's unconditional. That's what makes it divine. It's unconditional mercy, unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness. And I think that that arrow kind of, you know, soaring out of that place and knowing it's like eventually our consciousness will raise and raise and raise and we'll be in that place where we actually have unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness, you know, in our hearts. And to me, that's, that's the, um, that's really the essence of the masculine inside. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. That was one of my questions was if you could describe um, maybe more of your relationship with both, because you said twice now uh, something that I just, I want (laughs) to leave this conversation thinking about and and, um, just really curious about is this when one can't quote you but like when one is in his expression the other one grows Mm -hmm. so um can you give some examples of what that's like yes well you know the first thing that comes into my head Sarah and I'll just say it is like with sex Uh um there is you know Say I have sex and it is like an extremely masculine, masculine expression that day for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I will find myself like, because I embodied that so much, I will end up finding myself like the next day um, in a place of such like, tenderness of sensuality of feeling of presence um of like experiencing my my feminine side like so much stronger the next day and there's this like like a tenderness and openness I'll I'll see the next day and it's like wow it's the you know expressing my masculine so strongly yesterday all it did was like beef up my feminine. (laughs) And and that's one of the ways I experience my feminine is like, it is, it is, it is so sensual for me. Um, Mm. It is so about felt embodiment. And again, Caroline's taught me a lot about this because she's so pure in it, but um, like the courage to, to open the courage to open and be vulnerable for me is so much what it feels like my feminine essence feels like. And there's such a power in that. I would love to ask you how you experience your feminine. <laughs> um, you don't have to answer, but. No, thank you. I was, I was thinking of the next question that I wanted to ask you. And so that um, did, like threw me a little bit, how I experience my feminine. 
Yeah, my feminine these days. So I'm not in a relationship. So I don't do the polarity dance like externally, but I'm in polarity dance with the divine. And, <laughs> and so that's actually where my feminine is feeling most feminine these days is like working with the masculine aspect of Godhead and really healing, uh, and repairing, um, you know, these like shadow elements and shadow behaviors of associations with masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> this, this Shiva Lingam came into my life. You could probably tell me about what that means, but <laughs> it's massive. Um, and so I've been sleeping with it and dreaming about the masculine every night. And I can tell that there's like, there's healing in every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then wow trust like i'm i'm learning trust and so working with i would say um like my feminine beingness receiving the masculine like alchemically and working with i don't have words <laughs> for some of this stuff but yeah. it's like an energetic grid of like a consciousness structure um that's like helping me to sort of um like the masculine in my life is like holding a bigger like more beautiful more trusting space and then my feminine is I guess it feels like an opening, even like a cellular opening. And then there's like a shift in consciousness as this goes on. That's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm playing right now. (laughs) I love it. I'm so glad you shared it because I feel like it's like we're talking and I'm, I'm just hoping like everybody checks in right now of like, what is, how is it expressing for them right now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And Carolyn, I just want to mention too, that we were downstairs talking about you today (laughs) And, and she just said something so simple about you. She was like, like that woman is not afraid to use her voice. And like, no matter what the cost is, she will use Mm. her voice. And she said, that's really rare in the world. Mm. And so that just being an obvious thing about, about you, but so special and, and, you know, we're lucky that you, it's Mm. like, I feel like feminine voice is something that you just already embody, I suppose. Mm, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Those external <laughs> reflections are really helpful sometimes because I'm just in it. I'm just in yeah. it over here. Um, yeah. And I will say, uh, since, since that came up that, yeah, the cost has been, um, judgment and loss of relationship of women and men, but like mo- primarily men and then like what I've been talking about a lot recently on episode 67 and 70 of this podcast if anybody wants to go back and listen um it's like the the um what is the word the hmm game but that's it's not a fun game um the the program of like women's depletion of resources for being bold um mm-hmm. and so like how how to be a woman and not self-protect you know like how to how to be in right relationship with this inner 
sacred union with with the masculine in the collective such that um, I can continue to love rather than fold and self-protect and and both happen but that was the question that I wanted to ask you is if there were often or familiar shadow expressions of the feminine and masculine that come up for you and how do you work through that like does one coach the other or yeah yeah definitely um Definitely shadow expressions. I mean, I think my biggest shadow expression and like my feminine consciousness is like not loving myself and not loving my body, um, being like at war with my body Mm. and um, feeling shame about my body. So that's a big, that's probably my biggest like feminine consciousness wound and shadow. Mm -hmm. Um, And oh gosh. (laughs) Like, so the masculine, the masculine shadow, one of the big ones for me is just, there's this sense of duty and responsibility. Um, and the ways that I can become not present because I am focused on this sense of duty and responsibility. And so like this lack of presence and loss of presence and, Um, because I want to make sure I take care of everything and everyone and have everybody like, you know, everybody resource and everybody's needs met and, um, be like a provider. And the, the funny thing is about that is that, you know, living with someone who's such a, I feel like Caroline should be like on the podcast today because I'm talking about her so much, but (laughs) she's just taught me so much about all this, obviously us being together. Um, but one of the things about living with her is that, you know, what she wants. And and I think this is kind of a tip for anybody who is in a relationship with a, with a a very feminine woman, or I'm just going to go ahead and say that, but you can, you can, you can feel through the way I said it. But um, one of the tips of that is that like, honestly, she, presence is the thing that she wants the most Mm -hmm. and presence is the thing that like moves the world between us. And, um, I, I have found that like, you know, when there's a, like the feminine, there's so much movement, it's so much creativity, it's so much dynamism, it's so much change. Um, and when, when you give that presence, it's like, that's the fuel for, you know, everything to happen around. It's like, you give that stillness and presence and, what I find myself doing though, so often, instead of just being present, I am um, like trying to manage her or like control her or make everything better for her or, you know, like somehow like manage her experience instead of just being present with her. Mm-hmm. And when I remember about being present with her, it's like, oh my gosh, everything's so much easier. So please remember that if you were in a relationship with mm-hmm. um, probably anybody, but yeah, my shadow side on that masculine side is I just miss that. I just I often miss being present because I'm I'm in this other place of like taking care. So how they how they work with each other is um I I would say that I don't think through like a coaching process with the other. Okay. Um I think that they they just are doing it on some subconscious level because I feel them 
I feel them working together in those shadow realms, but um, I think it's happening under the surface. And um, I feel my, you know, I always felt this too, which is just kind of interesting, but I always felt like my, my feminine is like birthing my masculine. So it's my feminine that is, creating and birthing my masculine and almost like the the mother but in a very very like healthy divine way that she's like the root of all of it she's the one that's like creating all of it and so I think that she does um she probably does a fair amount of like taking care of him inside Hmm. you know and guiding him and helping him because she she really feels like the more primal primordial like powerful source isn't that interesting Mm. yeah that was really powerful I'm gonna have to sit with that too (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, I felt that yeah um thank you so much for sharing that and and for going to the shadow (laughs) place so you know Mm -hmm. that's a, a vulnerable question so I appreciate you going there um I think the last thing that I would like to ask you about in your for sure free to share anything you'd like to share in addition um, is your name uh, star wolf. And I I wanted to, I thought maybe we would talk about that in the beginning, but it feels like um, I don't want to finish without talking about that. Uh, So we've, we've talked about names a few times on the podcast and, and how names come on this journey to us. And so I'd love to hear the story of your name. Oh, cool. You know, Sarah, I don't know if I've ever honestly told this story of all the teaching and stuff that I say and do. I honestly don't know if I've ever told the story. But you Um, don't have to if you don't want to. No, it's time. And it's a really short story. um, But it's just funny that like the origin of Star Wolf is that I was I was in really deep space for a long time. Um, One evening, I kind of like slipped into deep meditation and um i i woke up in one of those I, i'm not sure if it's like a past life experience because it's kind of all happening now and it's like these other parts of me but i woke up and i was being guided around the land with um about three or four other men and i was a man and our guide was actually jesus christ And I was, you know, surprised and blown away by that. And I mean, I I grew up with Jesus Christ as, as my, you know, that was my religion growing up. I was, I was, um, you know, I was, that was what what I was raised as. It was not like that much of a surprise, but Mm -hmm. um, he was, I mean, as clear as day. I was in the Middle East and it was as clear as day. He was showing me, he was, he was looking out over the land and he was showing us how to work with the land. And it was like, he had a small amount of apprentices and he was making it, I mean, it was super profound, but it was also very simple. And when he, and I, I just felt lucky to be a part of the group because it was a small group and he, he had such a understanding of, of the divine feminine within the earth and was like helping us to see that. And he, he looked at me and he said, your name is star wolf. And mm. my eyes shot open. Cause I'm like, who is star wolf? You know, I've never thought of that mm. in my life. Like I don't have any, it was just out of nowhere. And 
you know, to be in such a deep space and my eyes shut open, like that's how much that name was meant to ring inside me in that moment. So that name is, it's honestly, it's like, it's kind of my true name. And it is, it is about, you know, my masculine consciousness recovering and resurrecting like the real body of the earth, you know, the real story of the body of the earth. Oh my gosh. Wow. It's about my masculine consciousness resurrecting the, the body of the earth. Yeah. Like how to be with her. Isn't that great? And I had a good teacher, huh? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for yeah. walking in the way that you do. Well, thank you so much for creating a safe space for me to tell stories I've never even told, Sarah, and all that you hold and like creating safety for vulnerability and openness and voice and like just authentic talks. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. And you being here and sharing your story authentically, I know is going to reach the hearts of hundreds and hundreds of people. So just thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Yay. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here. And thank you everyone for listening. I want to invite you all to go to sarahpoet.com if you haven't been there yet. And you can sign up for my free ebook on the modern women's pathway of feminine and masculine reunification. So how to navigate this in the modern world. I have a 77 page ebook that I will gift you for free at sarahpoet.com. Also, I want to tell you about two offerings um, upcoming. First of all, structure and flow is always available um, as a one-on-one coaching program. And this is um, looking at how we utilize our time, our energy, so our behaviors, right? And the essence of the energy behind our behaviors um, in feminine and masculine to really revolutionize how we do use our time and energy. So it is about the inner balance, (laughs) the word I said I didn't want to use in this episode, the inner dance of feminine and masculine. And then we find more alchemy through the program. Everyone who goes through that always has massive ahas on a psychological level, a spiritual level. So I invite you to check out Structure and Flow. It's a 90-day program. And also, I have an upcoming group program that is about women healing their relationship to all things masculine and bringing those masculine essences online that are inside of us. So coming to know the gorgeousness of the masculine and the devotion to the sacred masculine aspects of ourself and of the universe um, and, and doing that together in a journey, a deep dive soul journey. So if you are a woman with masculine related trauma, be it man, you know, provision, church, all of that. Um, The program is called Fall in Love with the King. And just make sure that you're on the email list because I am still in a website um, navigation to to a new website. So you won't find the webpage at serifpoet.com, but if you are on the email list, 
I am emailing about it and putting the link to the new website in there. So I will see you there. Thank you for staying connected. It's so good to meet new people through this space. So stay connected. Reach out sarah at sarahpoet.com if you want to email. And so much love to everyone listening. Bye. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.